0: Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web series *The Nature of Predators*. If you are new to the series, there is a playlist listed in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter Forty-One: Memory Transcription Subject: Slinick, Benlow Space Corps. Date: Standardized Human Time, October Eighth, Twenty-One Thirty Six. When the science officer from Humanity's First Contact team reached out about the fear study, I was a bit intimidated. Sarah Rosario had done extensive biological and environmental analysis and collaborated with Venlo scientists throughout their early behavioral research. Her talks comparing our psychology racked up our millions of views, as did her controversial analysis on Venlo ecosystems. In a nutshell, Terran conservationists were less than thrilled with our biomanipulation. Sarah had lambasted our efforts to wipe out predator species and discussed something she referred to as the Trophic Cascades. The aspects she attributed to the absence of hunters were far-fetched, though she spoke at length about supposed examples from Earth. How could removing a terrestrial predator alter the ocean, destroy vegetation, or spread disease? Humans could prove their own worth without grasping at straws. These arguments were just moronic. Besides her fringe theories, Sarah was a remarkable scientist, with credentials in several fields. If anyone could find a way to break Venlil fear response, It would be her. I knew the process could be traumatic, but I would do anything to leave my internalized feelings behind once and for all. I was tired of failing to protect my human friends. Are you sure about this, Linek? Marcel growled as we approached the scientist. If you're trying to be more human to appease me, please don't. I accept you for you. I squeezed my tail around his wrist. Thanks, but I'm doing this for myself. I'm tired of being scared and at a whims of my instincts. Tyler patted me on the back, a little harder than I would have liked. The blonde human accompanied our group to assist with any physical activities, since Marcel was still in recovery from his gunshot wounds. The UN military was involved with these experiments, so I knew part of it was seeing if I could be shaped into a proper soldier. Dreadfested already, knowing simulated combat was in my future. Why do you keep helping me, Tyler? We haven't even known each other long. And you must have other things to do, I said. Dude, I wanted to be in the body program, just like you two. The UN turned me down. The soldier towered over me, and his blue eyes glittered like icy crystals. They didn't think that I would mesh with the Bendel, I guess. Too tall, too scary. Marsal frowned. You were turned down because you're not a vegetarian. Though your stature probably doesn't help your case. Aliens are the most exciting thing that's ever happened to mankind. I want to be a part of all of this. "'But maybe they were right, uh. "'I always stick my foot in my mouth with the Vanlil.' "'I studied the flesh-eating soldier, "'imagining I had never seen the human before. "'Marsal was daunting hunk of muscle when I'd first glimpsed him. "'His shadow smothered me, "'and his forward-facing eyes were like spotlights peering down from above. "'It was only seeing him at the most vulnerable, cold and afraid, "'that squashed the threatening aura. "'That said, my friend barely came up to Tyler's shoulders.' The sandy-haired soldier was tall, even by human standards. His dietary choices would have given everyone at the outpost the creeps. It was likely something would be blurted out about dogs and persistence hunting at a stage when his partner wasn't ready to accept it. Still, there was a lot of good memories to be formed with Tyler, if you could see past the bulky predator. He was friendly to a fault, considering my emotions at times when I was harsher than he deserved. There was a selflessness in the way he didn't hesitate to carry me off the cradle. I hoped other Vendel would give him a chance someday. I nuzzled against his arm, which startled the big guy. I appreciate you, Tyler. Your heart is in the right place. Don't give up. Appearances aren't everything. That was actually... (gasps) Sensitive and thoughtful. Marcel feigned a gasp. I giggled as the whites of his eyes expanded in cartoonish dimensions. Who are you? And what have you done with Slynec? Oh, shut up. You humans are a lot to take in, you know that. Tyler placed a hand on his hip, striking a goofy pose. Well, take it all in, buddy. Appearances are worth something. Two hundred and ten pounds of glorious, rugged. Yeah, yeah, you're the pinnacle of male perfection. Marcel snorted, shoving the other soldier with his good arm. Keep walking. The Secretary General doesn't want to see that. The Secretary General? Why would Maya be here? I followed my human's gaze and surveyed the Terran scientists camped by the machines. Sarah was taking an inventory of her equipment, while other predators were staring at us. My nerves fled, as I realized most humans present were in military uniforms. I knew these experiments would have combat applications, but I didn't think martial leaders were calling the shots. Secretary General Mayer looked less amused with my pack's antics than I was. Tomfoolery was not his favorite pastime. He was in the heated discussion with several people in green and brown uniforms. The color scheme looked like a tree threw up on it, but they didn't seem the type that would appreciate such comments. Sarah waved us over to her. Long time no see, Slanek. Good that you're back in one piece. Ah, uh, I'm hoping to s- s- stay that way. Why are all these important br- uh, humans here? I squeaked. She lowered her eyes. There's no easy way to say this, but I'm afraid our work will have much moved much faster than I anticipated. We don't have much time. You heard the news from Vandal Prime, Secretary General Mayer interjected. Marcel nodded. We did. Ambassador Williams is alive and he returned with some new friends. I was glad my human piped up, because this ambush had thrown me off my prepared responses. Was this about helping our new allies with their own first contact programs? maybe trying to create an easier bonding process. The picture of the Zorlin, Tyler began. Zerulean, Sarah and I corrected at the same time. Zerulean on the human shoe is everywhere. My man was like, just like, oh, a predator looks like a warm, comfy pillow to me. Secretary Mayer breathed an irritated sigh. The other news, the Krakotl are leading a crusade against us, and we have less friends than foes. Not that even our friends are likely to help. Simple mass dictates that we are at a numerical disadvantage. The thousands of ships the birds have been massing represent a multi-species coalition. One of the uniform personnel chimed in. Projections indicate that they'll set sail today and arrive in October 16th or 17th. Horror coursed through my veins as the gravity of the Terran's revelations set in. How could these humans be so calm at the prospect of an attack on Earth? Marcel and Tyler both were subdued, but their reaction wasn't on the level it should be. This was a raid with an intention of turning their verdant home into a barren rock, the same as the Arxel's vile tactics. The Krakotl were one of the few species that could head the functional offensive. They boasted a high aggression, since they evolved to scare off predators. During their initial phase of the Oxal War, the avians conjured up the technology that allowed us to regroup, while nobody was on the human's level. They possessed some tactical acumen. Why not launch a preemptive strike like you did with the Gogets? I demanded. Maya frowned. It's too late now. But it wouldn't have worked. Most of their ships are already spaceborne, So we couldn't have catch them sleeping like the Gojits. They concentrated forces around their stations heavily. But you're excellent fighters. You have advanced ships now. Nobody can rival the Predator's military powers. They outnumber us ten to one. If we sent the entirety of the fledgling armada, they also had some turf advantage and orbital lasers around every base. You might as well launch a UN fleet into a supernova. You'd get the same result. Sarah sighed. Our best hope was for Noah to convince them to stand down. That didn't work out. I turned my gaze towards Marcel, noticing how his gaze drifted to his holopad. My human thoughts were transparent at times. He was worried about the welfare of Nulia and Lucy who remained back at his residence. The Gojit child was never feel safe again if she watched another world endure destruction. That if anyone survives an attack on Earth, the entire human race is in jeopardy, I realized. We need to get everyone off-world before it's too late. I pinned my ears against my head. You know the Krakatral are coming. There's still time. Evacuate Earth! Then go where? Anyone who wishes to leave will have the opportunity, including you, the Secretary General growled. This is our home. We've built everything here. It's the only planet we've got. Marcel ruffled the stray tuft on my head, gentle and reassuring as ever. Past soldiers, we're going to stay and fight. No, I shrieked. Come with me to Venlil territory. We'll take care of you. All of you, please, don't die, humans. It's okay, buddy. Go back to your world. I want you to be safe. Tears rolled down my face at the thought of Marcel perishing by the Krakotl horde. I brought back unwanted memories, like the scorching pain in my chest, when I thought that he was about to be shot in front of me. We had been to Hell and back together, and it had finally seemed like our lives could settle down. Now, without warning, the light at the end of the tunnel was extinguished. If Sarah's team were cancelling my experiment, I understood Humans had bigger things to worry about than my fragile instincts. Scrap the study. It's not a priority. I rubbed a paw against my cheek, catching a few water rolling down my fur. You don't have to worry about diplomatic fallout from me. I want to fight with you. Maya shook his head. We can discuss interrogation to the UN vessel if the results of your training are positive. However, I recommend that you lend that option some serious thought. A high casualties are expected. I appreciate the human's honor of your word, but you don't have time to fix me. Don't waste. This study is very important, Slodek, for the survival of our species. The Secretary General crossed his arms, calculating skull on his face. Look, if Earth falls, then Vendel will be custodians of a few remaining humans. It'll be up to you to rebuild our population, and to protect our survivors from threats. Don't talk like that, please. I have to. Our research could point you in the right direction and make your soldiers stronger. If things don't work out for us, this is humanity's parting gift, Sarah finished. I speak for all of us in saying that I hope the Vennel will prosper. My tail drooped between my legs, and it was all I could do not to collapse, defeat. The Terran's odds of defending such an onslaught were slim. Every human I knew could be dead in little over a week. Hearing the UN leader speak as if the probability was likely crushed my hopes that Sol's system had some predatory tricks tucked away. Their species didn't deserve this fate. The humans faced their impending doom with a fearlessness, so I needed to accept reality too. If my participation strengthened the Vendel military in the UN's absence, I would do whatever was asked of me, no matter the mental duress that was exacted on me. It was worth it. I swallowed hard. Thanks for telling me yourself, sir. Where do we begin? Sarah rummaged through a box of her belongings and retrieved a red fabric sleeve. It took all of my willpower not to shy away as she tugged it over my face. Her curved nails waded through my fur like daggers. I couldn't see all of it for a split second, which added to the panic. How could placing coverings on my head impart anything? They have to have a good reason. These predators will not hurt you. Humans will never hurt you, I repeated internally. The human scientist was gentle as she tugged a pair of straps behind my ears. My vision returned as the two cutouts fell over the eyes positioning. It felt like I was suffocating in the mask, but it fit was correct enough. Was accustomed made to my dimensions. Its purpose must lie beyond adding color to my silver fur. I realized that something was wrong with my sight. As soon as I processed my surroundings, where I had seen Tyler standing beside me, there was only a dark shadow. Marcel's comforting snarl was obscured as well. This headgear had barriers to take away my periphery. Was this what it was like to have predator sight? Sarah clapped her hands. Perfect. You good, Slinack? Marcel's voice echoed from my left, and I had to turn my head to look at him. The motion felt alien. You look miserable, like a fish out of water. It was tough to describe how it felt, to be unaware of the object in my vicinity. Simply carrying out a conversation was unnatural. No wonder humans got jumpy. If I came up beside them without thinking. Something could sneak up behind me now, and I wouldn't realize it was there until it pounced. I'll survive, I grumbled. You're going to make me calmer, Sarah, by limiting my vision. No offense. But I thought limited optical range was a downside to being human. Your instincts are triggered by things approaching you from the sides or behind you. You're easily distracted by your surroundings. Because you see too much at once. I think this will help you, spook reflex to focus on a single target at a time. I get it. Like horse blinders, Tyler stated, in a glummer tone than usual. Like what? Maybe I'm making the wrong inference again, but it sounds like they've tried to force their tunnel vision on other prey animals. The scientist nodded precisely to the neck. Why don't we try combat simulator with the blinders? If it doesn't help, or if you really don't like it, we'll drop it. Fine. Sarah steered me into a separate room with a light torch. The enclosed space appeared to be an imitation of a patrol ship cabin, complete with controls and sensor readouts. Where the viewports should sit, there were blank screens. I imagine they would reflect or ships in a few minutes. Tyler squeezed into the co-pilot's seat, a downcast expression on his face. The tall human knew that we could be in a dogfight that was very real, a short time from now the stakes of our next mission would be his entire planet. This flight presented no tangible threat, and I needed to keep that fact at the forefront of my mind. Somewhere, deep inside my soul, there had to be some bravery lurking. All that mattered was gaining a mission to the UN's last stand and proving that prey genetics didn't define us. These virtual enemies were going to have hell to pay. End of chapter Chapter 42 Memory Transcription Subject Slanek Vendl Space Call Date Standardized Human Time October 8th, 2136 The humans instructed me to place a wraparound headset over my ears. I was impressed by how they had modified their technology with Vendl in mind, though I hoped I wasn't the only one who would get to use it. The earpiece fed simulated audio of alarms and hits. It also allowed Sarah to speak to me directly. Slinenek I'm going to talk to you throughout this exercise. Meantime, I hope you will learn to do these things yourself, she explained, in a melodic voice. Thoughts guide our actions. By changing your thoughts, you can unlearn negative behaviors. I tilted my head. But that's the problem. You can't control your thoughts. Well, not with that attitude. You didn't develop your thinking patterns overnight, Sarah responded. It takes time, effort, and understanding to make a self-adjustment. Mind if I ask you a few questions before we begin the simulation? Uh, Go for it. When was the first time that you encountered a predator? I failed to see the relevance of the question, but I decided to humor the human. If she thought delving into the origins of predator phobia would further her understanding, it wouldn't hurt to play along. The more background info she had of me, the better subject I would be. You saw the Arxer on TV, but that doesn't really count. Mother tried to shield us from those atrocities, I recalled. Encounters with predators were uncommon on Vendal Prime. Though occasionally one slipped through the cracks, teams of investigators in armored vehicles would travel out to the site, scorched any area with evidence of hunters' persons. There was no way that we would leave them alive to reproduce and terrorize our settlements. Extermination officer was an occupation that paid well, but all the money in the world wouldn't be enticing enough for me. My parents took me for a walk in a local pasture, and there was a dead rodent on the sidewalk Lots of blood. There were larvae all over it. News cameras turning up within minutes. A shudder rippled through my spine at the memory. The anchors said the predator might be on the loose. The entire neighborhood was emplaced on curfew by local police. Schools were closed indefinitely. Tyler couldn't hear the other end of the conversation, but he shot me a baffled look. The human's eyebrows arched up in his forehead, as though he couldn't believe what he was hearing. I think the words he mouthed were, What the feck? Tell me more about that. Did they find out what happened to the dead animal? Sarah inquired. I gritted my teeth. It died of natural causes according to the autopsy. Everyone was just relieved that there was no imminent threat. But that was just week that I learned about food chains, and I'll place on it. How did that make you feel scared? Powerless. I just couldn't believe that there was animals that based their existence on k- k- killing I can tell this is difficult for you, Slynek. If I may... What conclusions did your childhood self reach about predators? Predators had to be cruel and unfeeling to be able to stomach such violence, to eat that rotting corpse I saw. The Axel must have cemented those beliefs. I take it that that was your initial feeling towards humans. A horrified gasp came from my chest as I realized what I just said about predators. It had slipped my mind that I was talking to one while I was focused on the emotional residue of that experience. There was the thoughtlessness Marcell teased me over. I'm sorry. Uh, That was too honest. I I didn't mean to say that you're... I squeaked. Relax. I'm not offended. Sarah's voice was reserved and soothing, like the rustle of leaves in the wind. I want you to be transparent with me, especially about how humans make you feel. I don't like to think about humans being predators. It's jarring to equate you with the, um, animal in the field, with eating rotting corpses. Yes. The scientist was silent on the other end of the headset, and I caught some light scraping sounds. She must be taking notes from what I was telling I hoped I hadn't said too much. The humans wouldn't admit that they were offended, even if they were. You did great, Slanek. Thank you for sharing that with me. What I'm going to ask you now is to try put yourself in the predator's shoes, she said. Come up with as many reasons why an animal might choose to hunt as you can, beyond cruel, violent, animal feeding." We'll talk about it in tomorrow's session. I focused my eyes on the floor, ignoring Tyler's inquisitive stare. Did flesh taste so good that it was addictive? It was as though to think of a single allure to predation other than biological impulse. Even with humans, I assumed they had those aspects within them due to their brutal hunting methods. The difference was that I believed they had another side, and that there were enough positive attributes to outweigh the repugnant ones. Besides, They found a way to sate their cravings without harming other creatures. Maybe that's something I should ask Marcel. He might know the answers Sarah is looking for. I breathed a wary sigh. I don't know if I can do that, but I will try. Good. Now we're going to start your mission. The goal of this exercise is to stop any hostile ships from reaching orbital range of Earth. I'll be here for guidance as needed. The screens glowed to life, and Tyler clenched his fist around the firing trigger. The image of Earth in the background was hyper-realistic, down to the orange glow dotted on the continents. Swirling clouds idled across the oceans, and the inky blackdrop framed the planet in serene radiance. It was a breathtaking sight, even in a simulation. I searched for enemy contacts on sensor data, craning my neck. I tried to get a visual on the fast-approaching vessels from our left. The blinders were inhibiting my sightline, so it was difficult to ground myself. At least... It rendered me impervious to the virtual explosions and conflict taking place in the distance. My breath hitched in my throat as a plasma beam sailed meters from our hull. This felt too real and dangerous. The stress of decision-making was enough to make a panic seep in. I was frozen, as usual. What was I supposed to do? I couldn't even remember how to engage the targeting system. Nonetheless, inaction was unacceptable. My trembling braw slammed the steering column and veered the ship towards the hostile. My diminished vision blurred. My heart was pounding so hard it felt like an earthquake in my chest. Every instinct declared that was facing an aggressive foe was too perilous. I feel like I'm going to die, like I'm flying into my doom, and it's not even real. Meanwhile, Tyler was impossibly collected, as he aligned kinetic munitions with a target. How could humans push through the chemical's fog with such ease? It was as though their instincts compelled them to run headlong towards danger, rather than gallop to safety. Slenek, deep breaths. Count of five as you inhale, then count to five as you exhale,' Sarah's voice glowered. I took a few wheezing breaths, attempting to comply with her orders. Through the lightheadedness, I could see the opposing craft enlarging in the viewscreen. A horrified gasp escaped before I could contain it. This was all happening so quickly. There was no time to think.' Everything on the screen froze, including the hostile that was just magnified. I slumped, my shoulders in shame. The humans were going to can the experiment on day one. I was hopeless calls. Helping them was never going to be within my capability, no matter how much I wanted it to be. Talk to me, the scientist's voice sounded urgent over the headset, which jolted me out of my daze. Rate your fear on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the worst you've ever felt. I blinked in confusion. Ah, uh, 7... Uh, We can work with that. Everything is going to be fine. The feeling will pass, Sarah said. What thoughts went through your mind as I started feeling afraid? I just... I know I can't do this. I'm not a fighter. And I'll never be. My instincts can't handle stress or danger. What I'm hearing is that you don't feel that you can control your emotions. You've decided it's not possible already. Humans are special. I have to face what I am. What you are is a good pilot. Remember, the enemy is just as vulnerable as you. I... It... Doesn't feel that way. It never does. Focus on your target and get the shot off. Everything else doesn't matter. You can complete that one thing one step at a time. Squeezing my eyes shut, I allowed my breathing to fall back into a calm rhythm. It was within my power to press a few buttons, wasn't it? There had to be a way to override my instincts, the way the humans kept their aggression check. Marcel had squared off against nine arcs or vessel in an inferior ship, and we survived. This was nothing. Hey, we can do this, neck You're not alone here. Remember that, Tyler growled. I flicked my ears in appreciation. This sandy-haired human didn't have much heart after learning Earth's insurmountable odds, but he was still trying to be supportive. Bravery felt a little less difficult, knowing that the fearless predator had my back. Humans were survivors, and that meant I was in good company. You're not doing this by yourself. You're on the predator's side, not the Krakotl. They're the ones you should be afraid of. I believed in humanity's strength, even if it was uncertain of my own. Newfound determination swelled in my veins as the simulation resumed. The blinders were there for the purpose of directing my attention to a single task. It was a matter of just acting and not thinking at all. The opposing ship barreled towards us, racing closer to Earth. My aviation knowledge kicked in, and I verified the target on senses. All I contemplated was the intake of my breathing while my claw jammed down on the missile switch. Projectiles homed in on the sleek bomber, tracking its evasion attempts. My human partner sent a flurry of kinetics close behind. It was a prudent to take advantage of any disruption to shields. The missiles rocked the imaginary opponent, and Tyler's well-timed rounds tore through the armor. The seamless teamwork was invigorating for a moment. The predator bared its teeth at the thrill, and I almost mimicked him. Instead of allowing the follow-up options to overwhelm me, I asked myself what humans would do. They would go for the kill and not give the enemy any recovery time. Persistence hunting taught them how to be relentless. Maybe I could learn from that cruelty as well. Leave my friends alone, I hissed to the screen. It was easy to channel my outrage at the unprovoked assault on Earth. Nobody hurts my herd ever again. I navigated the ship nearer to our enemies. My anger and injustice was warring with his voice that told me to turn back. The resolute snarl and tireless face was enough to keep my paw on the accelerator. Just as once, I wanted to be the predator to pounce on the weak enemy. My heart was racing. While I had unloaded a devastating salvo on their flanks, orange tendrils burst from the metallic shell and damned the fictitious crew to the vacuum. The simulation faded back to white with the mission success declaration. You did it! Tyler cheered, forcing a grin. That was all you, Slynec. I leapt up from the pilot's seat, wagging my tail. As the Federation often reminded us, Vendel weren't supposed to have fighting bone in our bodies. How had I managed to kill an enemy and emulate Terran intensity? Had the humans changed me? An answer to Sarah's odious question popped into my head. An animal might choose to be a predator because it refined their species into something stronger. Hunting mandated discipline and lessened the brunt of fearful instincts. Maybe it was empowering to be the one dealing the damage. Sarah cleared her throat. I told you that you were a good pilot. That exercise should give you hope for what you can accomplish. But it was only one ship, guys, I pointed out. That's nothing compared to what the Krakotl invasion. We're going to increase the duration and the number of enemies every day. You'll be taking on an army in no time. The exhilaration of success fizzled out as I processed that daunting prospect. The scientist sounded hell-bent on pushing me well past my instinct's limit, when all was said and done. Every day was going to be more of a struggle than the next. If nothing else, though, her questioning had forced me to consider my fears in a new light. Nobody so proud of you. Marcel must have snagged the microphone, his rumbling voice fluttering into my ears. You're going to turn those birds into space feathers. They'll never see it coming. Thanks, sir, but, uh, "'I don't know about that,' he chuckled. "'You're stronger than you think you are. "'The attacking skills are there, as we all saw. "'You nailed that fecker, even with Tyler button-mashing and getting in your way.' "'This time the tall co-pilot leaned close enough to hear the headset chatter. "'He threw up his hands in exasperation, then turned his glare at me for giggling. "'There was hilarity in the expression that once would have had me on the floor, "'begging not to be eaten. "'I knew humans well enough to recognize the difference between a jest and malice.' Tyler waved a fist at the camera. Sir Nack and I are going to win this war, while you're still on your ass eating Doritos. Nah, you're kidding, bro. I'll be up and stopping you from snacking on too many crayons mid-battle. What can I say? That's a true predator's diet. I appreciated that my friends were able to make light of a dark situation. That was their method of coping with the unpleasant. There wasn't a more resilient species in the galaxy, but their example to model Maybe it was possible to mold me into something a little more vicious. The survival of these alien predators was what was important, I reminded myself. My progression was secondary objective that would complement Terran aims. If Earth was to be lost, the spiteful defenders would take as many enemies with them as possible. No battle waged against humans was ever as easy as it looked on paper. Regardless, I had faith the Vendal Republic wouldn't hang our allies out to dry. End. Of. Chapter. Chapter 43 Memory Transcription Subject Captain Kelsum Krakotal Alliance Command Date: Standardized Human Time October 8th, 21, 36. The Federation fleet entered warp in harmonious accord, and our voyage to Earth commenced on schedule. I was less than thrilled with the extraneous additions to my crew. Krakotal officers were preferred to the reserved experts of another species. Our diplomats stressed that this was an interplanetary effort, and forced my talents. While I understood the necessity of building a group of cohesion, the fossil they implanted on an operational first officer was already asking questions. His name was Thion, to my understanding. He was a personal favorite of their High Elder. That didn't buy him any favor on my vessel. The Krakotl Alliance was the entity that planned this mission down to the gritty details. My crew was chosen because of their special attributes, and I trust them. You never know who you can tr- keep with their head in a battle until you've been there. By scrunched his droopy ears. Why are the Terran colonies not on the bombing agenda? The data dump suggested humans had settlements on the Red World and their moon. There's research outposts in the gas giant moons, asteroid mining operations, orbital telescopes, and I get it. But Earth is the priority, I replied. Other than military installations, the rest can be cleaned up afterwards. The fossil wiped the mucus from his nose. The plans for the follow-up operation should be drawn up now. We have to stay prepared. What is there to prepare for? The predators can't muster. in any semblance of our numbers. I puff my feathers out to display intimidation. You know, Tyan, I much prefer Jala as my ex She doesn't nitpick everything. You keep strange company, Calsum. There's something wrong with Jala. She seems off. There was a comment that had some basis to it. Though I wasn't ready to take an outsider into my confidence, Jala was diagnosed with a rare cognitive disorder that entailed not producing the neurotransmitters for fear or affection. This caused a deficiency in empathy. Her responses to situations were often tasteless. Most Alliance officers wouldn't have allowed such individuals in their crew. However... The benefit of a person that didn't panic or lose focus couldn't be understated. As long as she didn't have to deal with the interpersonal side of things, Jala was the finest officer in my crew. I credited her as the reason that we were the most effective ship in the Alliance of Armada. That is Captain Kalsum to you, I spat. Jala follows orders and makes the right calls. She's still my second, even now, as far as I am concerned. Captain... I see we've gotten off on the wrong paw. Lion's slender tail curled across the floor, twitching with relentlessness. I'd rather be on the fossil vessel too, but this is where we are. Can we try and make the most of it? I tossed my big Fine. But did you have to start tearing everything apart the second you came on board? I'd like to know who and what I'm working with. Every captain has a different background and a different way of running things. The more I know about you, the more useful I can be. Then I'll keep it short and sweet. I started off as an extermination officer. I'm still one, really, just with a starship and a title. Thion's whiskers twitched as my former profession registered in his mind. There wasn't a better vocation to prepare a person for eliminating predators. It taught how to destroy a monster's habitat and prepare any chances of survival. Sapient extermination wasn't that different. "'except that it was more land to torch with the breadth of a planet.' "'There was a buzzing sound at the door, and I peeked at the security feed. "'The other Federation implant on my crew was a new medical officer, "'though the peculiar aspect was the species. "'The door was a Takan veteran. "'The Takan coalition had been outed as one of the parties "'amiable to the full alliance with humanity. "'For some reason, this Takan individual had thrown himself onto a transport "'and begged to join our raid.' The newly demoted Jala escorted him to my quarters, by my request. It was a mystery why the medical practitioner would want to fly towards the Predator's homeworld. My own doctor deserted when she learned the fleet's destination. It could be a simple case of the Stakhan despising his government's rhetoric. Still, I want to look him in the eye and demand his reasons. Come in, I growled to the intercom. Sayon, you can stay if you want. The fossil thumped his tail. Yes, sir. I can't believe he's stolen my post, Jala snapped. We'll settle this later, Softiers. I glowered at the female crocodile. Don't mind her. Please come in, doctor. The takan male strode through the door and propped himself in a chair without waiting for permission. His tough hide was silver, about the same hue as my ship's metallic walls. Those tri-toed poles wiggled about to grasp objects, though I found his kind much clumsier than crocotal surgeon's. Few species compared to how well our Talons could sink into or wrap around things. I jabbed a Talon at the doctor. What is your name? Zahn, sir. All right, tell me. What is the Takan doing volunteering for a mission like this? I squawked. When I landed on afar to share that the Goja Cradle was annihilated, I discovered that my species betrayed the Federation in my absence. It was... "'Horrifying. Shameful. Captain, I want to put an end to this alliance. Permanently!' I nodded my beak and contemplated his words. "'If we return from the deployment to find the alliance closing up to the predators, it might push me to renounce my citizenship as well. Then again, no doctor shouldn't have devoted his entire life to extermination. Why would Zorn feel compelled to take such drastic measure?' "'8. If I may... "'You were stationed in Gojit's space,' Lyon interjected. Zahn switched his tail. "'Yes, I was working under Captain Sovlin. "'We were the first vessel to encounter a human.' "'My eyes snapped towards him. I heard. Everyone heard. "'What you lot did was cruel and disgraceful. "'I don't know that I want you on the ship.' "'I beg your pardon, Captain?' It was a human, not an actual sapient. That abominable freak deserved to rot for eternity. All predators do. The captive Terran pilot, in their custody, could no longer pose any threat. Yet Soblin and Easy Lackeys granted it the slowest death possible. Extermination teams were swift and surgical when our services were needed. Suffering was never our goal. Listening to the hopeless creature scream and knowing that it was an unimaginable pain, that didn't make anyone safer. The line that separated us from the Arxor was one that could not be crossed. Humans are true sapiens, Doctor, make no mistake. My feathers were ruffled as I offered the reproachful assessment. I even believe they feel selective empathy. They're pack predators, after all. I am surprised to hear you say that, Zion muttered. Why? Because I used to be an extermination officer. Zahn blinked in surprise. The doctor gave the appearance that he was about to contest my statements, but my field of expertise was enough to make him reconsider. I understood predators better than most citizens of the Federation. Humans weren't as simple as they would like to believe. Captain Kalsim has a certain respect for humans. He thinks they're interesting, as do I, Jala chuckled. The physician's amber eyes bulged. Interesting uh, respect. They kill for sustenance. I puffed out my feathers for emphasis. If you don't respect a predator, you're already dead. They're not to be trifled with. Remarkably cunning. The Farsoul officer tilted his head. Your tone is almost reverent. Wouldn't someone with your skill set hate predators? I you shouldn't hate humans. They can't help that they're a disease. They, they infect everything they touched. Bacteria don't choose to be bacteria, and predators don't choose to be predators. They just are. So are you saying? It sounds like you don't believe in this mission, Zahn snarled. Sure I do, but it shouldn't be about hatred. I don't derive any pleasure from killing billions. Only a predator should. You should feel sorry for the humans and be grateful that we were not born in such an accursed form. The doctor recoiled, and I could see indignation brewing in his eyes. The company this Captain Soblin kept seemed to be like an extension of his own undisciplined behavior. It must have been difficult for Zahn to witness the cradle's destruction, but his current behavior was unhinged. I wouldn't want this Takan cutting me open if my life was in the balance. "'You pity a creature that is incapable of pity. It's ironic,' Jala remarked, a sharp glint in her eyes. "'Thion's nostrils flared. Hey, I'm not following either, Captain.' Why do you support wiping humanity out if you feel sorry for the predators? Few understood how terrible it was to pour gasoline on a youngling's as it cried for its mother's milk. The first time I found a nest of predator pups, the guilt of killing them nearly cursed me to quit. They were tiny, innocent, and untainted by their parents' atrocities. I broke down on the ride home and asked my mentor how we could kill a baby for the way they were born. There was a cold logic in the explanation. Little predators become big predators and reproduce exponentially. Within a few cycles, there would be a full grown infestation. It wouldn't be one set off with the pups were killing. It happens if we don't wipe them out. Humans will spread everywhere, and they'll be in our systems in no time, I answered. This is our only chance to destroy them. We'll kill because we must. It was an unfortunate reality that Earth had to be eradicated. Unlike our incensed ambassador to I understood why most of the Federation couldn't bring themselves to push the button. They were relieved not to have to wrestle with the moral conundrum of killing a species that had yet to lash out. They didn't want to spend the rest of their lives wondering if some predators could have been saved. It was the same reason the Federation really accepted that humanity destroyed itself with nuclear bombs 200 years ago. That was how the position got so out of wing in the first place. The Predators attained space-sparing capabilities without anyone realising. Only a few months into their expeditions, humans had already caused the destruction of the Gojit Cradle. The longer we let Earth survive, the more the Federation worlds will perish. We agree on this being our moral imperative, but that's all we agree on. Khan leapt up from his seat and swished his tail in impatience. I'm here because I want to witness humanity's death with my own eyes. I'm qualified, over, oh, qualified even, and I know the enemy. Now, do you want my services or not? Jala snickered at the Khan's temperament. I like this one, Captain. Well, I do not, but it's not like I have a suitable replacement, I muttered. You follow my orders on the ship, Zahn. It's not becoming of a doctor to have such little value for life. I don't need a lecture on how I feel towards predators. I value lives, our lives. Jala, show me to the medbay now, Zahn hissed. The female Krakotl glanced at me for confirmation, and I curled my wingtips in a go-on gesture. Something told me I needed to keep a close eye on the doctor. The kind of person that delighted in the death and suffering would never have intentions that could trust. Besides, it was bad omen when the crewmate who took the shine to Jean was a sociopath. That was an unpleasant discussion. What do you think, Sion? I asked. The fossil hesitated. I think I have your back, sir. That's not what I'm asking. If you're really going to be my exo, then I expect you to speak freely behind closed doors. Uh, frankly... I've seen what happens after predators hit a world as well. There's nothing to feel remorse over. I'll sleep better when this mission is done, understood? Let's head to the bridge and keep watch for any Terran bushes. My heart felt heavy as you set off together. I wondered where my crew fell along the moral spectrum. Thion missed the distinction between his feelings and Zahn's, though perhaps he would realize in time. Unlike the doctor, the first officer was motivated by reasons that had nothing to do with the humans. His concern was the suffering he witnessed and any future threats, rather than pure vitriol. That was the correct rationale for the destruction of Earth. This fleet would succeed in its duties because there was no other option for our survival. End of story. Chapter 44 Memory Transcription Subject Captain Kalsim, Cracotal Alliance Command Date, Standardized Human Time, October 9th, 2136. As soon as we departed Krakotl space, it became evident that the humans had been tracking our movements. The predators were lurking in the shadows along our starry route. Two ambushes were sprung on the fleet during the first day of travel. The primates knew that we were coming, and that it was enough to unsettle the crew. But the humans were afraid. From what I could tell, their attacks seemed devoted to stalling and chipping away at our resources. Larger Terran ships had FTL disruptors on their hulls, which could be deployed as soon as we came within range. They would dart in for a missile run while we were dazed, then vanished just as quickly. Why do they flee after a single strike? These techniques seem too cowardly to be born of predators. Nonetheless, I adjusted personnel rotation so that our vessel was combat ready at all times. I allowed myself, only a short nap after the second ambush, just to refresh my wits. There was no time for a full night's rest until the enemy resurfaced. Thion was working overtime as well, compiling data to predict the Terran's next appearance. Our vessel was going to nail the humans next time they tried anything. If their attempts at disrupting our operations were this lousy, they must lack confidence in their combat abilities. This locale seems like the likeliest spot for an ambush, The EM radiation from the system's pulsar makes our sensors and targeting wonky, the first officer said. Though perhaps I'm mistaken. It would affect their targeting too. My feathers ruffled in disquiet. I suspect the humans' reliance on targeting is less than ours. They have a backup system in their brains. Should we advise the fleet to reroute? If I am correct about the Terran whereabouts, there is less than a minute before they activate the disruptors. Let's not do anything hasty, Thion. Their ships can outpace us, so we'll just be pushing this off to a later date. We face these predators' pests here, on our terms. The fossil officer swallowed nervously and studied his readout. I couldn't blame the big-eared guy for feeling discomfort about engaging the humans blind. Our instinctual fear wasn't conducive to the -the off-the-cuff maneuvers and precise calculations under stress. Krakotl could muster aggression, sure, but that desperation wasn't controlled. But Jala wasn't bogged down by chemicals. If I placed her behind the weapon station, she could recalibrate our artillery on the dime. We didn't have to worry about fear or rattling her senses. There was a reason I twisted the brass's wing. Not to lock her up in the asylum like they wanted to. It was in our best interest to use people like her against the predators. I cleared my throat. Jala assumed control of weapons, switched to manual override, and hit the first ship you see with whatever you like. The female Krakotl shoved the younger officer out of her way and pecked the buttons with giddiness. She didn't need to be told twice. It was rare to see anyone else so thrilled to carry out orders, especially when those involved being flung into combat. My second-in-command wouldn't miss the clues if they were shoved in his face. Captain, answer me honestly, Bayon whispered. Does Jala have predator disease? I lowered my voice. That terminology is ignorant, predators do feel fear. Jala is an asset that I have under control. She knows I am the only thing stopping her from being thrown into a deep, dark hole. I don't believe for a second that predators feel anything. But she has more in common with them either way. How can we trust her not to side with them? Even people with her condition don't side with people who want to eat them. I've heard that was a way of shortening your lifespan. You don't say... The falcel transferred the projected enemy coordinates onto the sensor grid. By his estimates, the humans were camped within the gas giant's rings. It seemed a suitable position to lie in wait. The planet's gravitational field added further disturbances to sensor readings, and the icy ring particles were indistinguishable from a quiet vessel. That's actually some solid analysis from Thion. I suppose I'm fortunate the guy the Federation saddled me with is halfway intelligent... The first officer also noted the maximum range of an FTL disruptor. It stood to reason that the humans would wait until the bulk of the fleet was in the pulse's umbrella. I highlighted the blaze zone circumference with my screen using the approximate location. Now, it was a matter of forging ahead and waiting. Navigations, as soon as we hit the edge of the red circle, disengage warp, I squawked. If we time this right, the humans will think we stunned, just as they show themselves We'll be ready to fire. by on blinked in surprise. Bold plan. But if we're off by a few seconds, we'll get dazed alongside everyone else. And if we drop in too early, the humans will know that we're onto them. Of course, we don't know they're there for sure. We could just be chasing ghosts. But I'm trusting your work. Thank you, sir. Shouldn't we tip off the fleet, though? Negative. The predators may have breached our comms. Other friendly vessels may have come to similar conclusions, but our role as the crocodile flagship was to seize the initiative. Defeating a predator necessitated brashness. I don't think even the meticulous humans accounted for just the turning of the tables. They were under the impression that everyone in the Federation was weak, and that might serve as well. The fear plastered across the bridge's crew's faces was apparent. The inexperienced enlisted weren't keen on hurling a multi-billion credit ship into a predator's trap. To be fair, this was the kind of action that earned reprimands from the Alliance Command if it backfired. We had one chance to validate our decisions. My file does say that I take unnecessary risks, and attributes my success to luck. I imagine Thion read that dossier before boarding. For better, or worse, I always ask myself what a predator would do. Trying to predict their moves or understand their thinking was easy, once it was a habit. This raid was one final job before passing the baton to someone younger. What better way to cap off my career than vanquishing the greatest threat of our time? I fluttered over to the navigation station, ready to intervene if the technician froze. Our dot was almost overlapping the perilous area. Thion was itching to issue the disengage order, but I didn't want to jump the gun. We couldn't allow the riskiness to inhibit our patience. My breathing hitched as we entered the pulse threshold. A little further, real space, now. A head and view of the gas giant materialized on the viewport. The dull orange mass surrounded by a glistening ring was a sight to behold. My talons stiffened as the feeling of being watched sank in. I couldn't see enemy ships, but I could sense their unholy presence. No sign of human activity. Lyon began, thousands of friendly vessels appeared around us without warning. The Federation fleet was evidently reading from the effects of the disruptor signal. Light-terror ships swarming around the ring and descended on the nearest Krakotl vessels with fury. Jala's wings extended to full span as she began firing missiles at will. Several projectiles slammed into the enemy bomber, and it was terminated mid-swoop. More explosives followed close behind, synced with the whirring kinetics that pelted their shields. The humans were pushed back by my micrazed Krakotl long enough for some friendlies to catch their bearings. Our allies' aim was clearly rattled without sensors, and most plasma beams missed their mark by a long shot. Nonetheless, the predators determined the mission was awash. They weren't going to take a chance of a stray hit connecting. There's only a few dozen ships in this ambush anyways. the Terran military didn't lend sufficient support. They're retreating. Don't let them get away, the fossil first officer exclaimed. Now Federation ships fire at will, I barked over the comms channel. I don't care if you miss, hurl everything you've got at their position. Jala was happy to oblige those orders, and dispensed another round of missiles towards the gas giant's cover. That was where the Terrans were trying to vanish for emergency war. None of our explosives connected with the opponent. But they did pack a punch into the ring itself. Ice fragments were flung out from the epicenter, and some shrapnel found its way into the human armor. The navigation's officer maneuvered us to the edge of the ring. The proximity was close enough to get a visual. A few predator craft were rendered inoperable or ripped apart by debris. Cheers erupted across the bridge as they saw the devastation we unleashed. I tried to mimic pleasure, but gunning human style just made me feel numb. My eyes lingered on the wreckage of the viewport. Nice work, Jala. We must have taken out a number in our double digits. It's no small part due to your fortitude. Don't mention it. That was fun, she trailed. Just a shame our skirmish was so short. I was expecting more of a scrap. Thion narrowed his eyes. It's not a shame that our victory was decisive. It makes it more likely that our fight to Earth will continue unimpeded. I tuned out their bickering. My focus was on scanning a motionless Terran vessel via manual input. Ship sensors had been fully automated since before I was born. A close range, though, it should be possible to work through the interference with the operator assistance. The human craft I scrutinized had its hull caved in, which suggested debris impact at high velocity. It was mostly intact, but if life support and propulsions were knocked offline, some part of me itched to know if the pilot was still alive. Future generations would ask about these earthlings, and nobody could provide an adequate explanation. This was a pristine opportunity to document the sapient predator's mannerisms. Silence on the bridge comes, make sure all transmissions are being recorded, I screeched. I want everyone here to know the enemy, so I'm hailing that venting wreck. Consider it a crash course on predators. Thion ghost. What? What makes you think that demon will answer? I tilted my head. There was no guarantee a human would accept our communications attempt, but it was worth a try. Still seeing its face would make my crew shudder there was no feasible risk. Its weapons and escape options were severed, and it was smart enough to know that. The outbound hail was sent to the swipe of my talons against the protests of the crew. A tense silence filled the air, as our signal was extended to the crippled foe. There was no response for several seconds, which only added to the crew's nerves. Did these people think a predator could teleport on deck through a call? I could almost sense the Terran's bewilderment, It was weighing whether to hear our message. Curiosity must have won out, because a pair of frosty blue eyes appeared on screen. The ferocity of its gaze sent several crewmates ducking for cover. The color looked cold and unnatural. The beast had a laceration across its forehead, and was dabbing it with a towel to keep the blood out of its vision. It's wounded. Maybe it's not thinking straight, so we can pry some intel from it. I couldn't say that looking that it didn't give me the creeps even after decades of dealing with predators. This creature was more intelligent than anything I eliminated in the wild. There were only a few clumps of hair across its face, which made it look alien and bare. What do you want? I don't need your mockery, birds, it gurgled. I resisted the urge to avert my gaze, and instead tried to take neutral observations. Beneath that petrifying visage, there were signs that the creature was rattled. The slightest furrow out of its brow suggested fear and the way its jaw tightened indicated pain. It realized its death was imminent. That knowledge overshadowed its last moments. I raised a wing with a noncommittal gesture. Nobody is mocking you. I just want to talk. You've got to be shitting me. It leaned closer to the camera, close enough to make out the veins in its eyes. What makes you think that I want to talk to you? Enlighten me. A hunch. I figured a pack predator wouldn't want to die alone. If I'm wrong on that, you can end this transmission now. Thion was staring at me like I'd grown a third wing, while Jala was observing the exchange with amusement. I had my reasons for fielding this call in public eye. The crew needed to see affirmation of my theories. After the skeptical reception I'd observed, it would be a critical lapse in understanding to presume that they shared the Axel's solitary behavioral patterns. The human bared its teeth, then shook its head in disbelief. He placed its chin in its hands, then refocused those horrific eyes on the camera. Frost spiraled from its plump lips, which suggested the cabin temperature was frigid. With only a stingy flaxen mane, I didn't imagine that it would last without environmental regulation for long. You never answered my question, the beast sighed. What is you want? I want to rescue you from that icebox. Surrender yourself to our custody peacefully, and I'll see that you survive. You can ensure that your culture is remembered. Ah, thanks, but no thanks. How fecking stupid do you think I am? Death is better than what you do to human predators. You have my word that I'll hold you in a fair conditions. You don't want to die. and I can see your fear. The predator blinked slowly and hugged its arms together to conserve warmth. It wasn't ready to give up key information now. But if I managed its needs, it might start swelling intelligence. Self-preservation was driving force in every sapient being. The human detached a small cutter from its dashboard and turned it towards the camera. The image was of three snarling young predators, with the pilot couched beside them. Another adult primate had an arm around the offspring and was flashing pearly white fans. They looked vicious, but happy. That's my family. I'm afraid, but not of my death, it growled. I'm afraid that you're going to kill everyone I love. The only thing that'll please you... His, my whole species, purged from his existence, and I don't know if even that'll quench your hatred. Please, stop this. The transmission cut out abruptly, and I pushed down a lump of pity in my throat. There was a confirmation that humans care for each other. I hoped that inspired a bit more sympathy from my comrades. The Krakotl government shouldn't hide humanity's redeeming attributes. It was enough to establish them as a major, valid threat. The truth matters, as I thought to myself, we're not going to strip that away from my ship to make ourselves feel better. The Predator only has a few hours before its atmosphere is used up. Modus, sir? So? Jala asked in an emotionless voice. I lowered my gaze. Terminate it, a quick death, Jala. The human refused my offer, and we can't leave it to be rescued by its brethren. The female Crow Cattle rolled her eyes, but deployed a missile into the drive column. I watched as the wreckage went up in flame. It was a merciful to grant the beast a swift end, rather than condemning it to suffocate in the freezing tube. Still, its death didn't bring out any positive emotions. Some of the crew seemed moved by its elimination as well, which meant my strategy was a success. Lyon's nostrils flared with exasperation. But were you thinking, Captain? What would you have done if it accepted your offer? I would have stuck it in the brig, like I said, I answered. And no, Zahn wouldn't have gotten within a hundred paces of it. We could contain a single wounded predator. And it was useful. Useful? What did you gain from that little chat? Watch your tone, Exo. This is my ship. Now, you all know the enemy as I do. You can come to terms with the real reasons for this mission. The fossil First Officer gritted its teeth. Thion was disturbed by my generous view of predators but he knew protesting on the bridge was out of line. Perhaps he needed to relieve falsehoods to maintain his conviction. All doubts needed to be sorted out before we reached Earth. Assuming the Terran ambushes were resolved, the fleet's next engagement would pummel everything humanity had into oblivion. When we reached our destination, I hoped my crew would be ready to do what was necessary. End of chapter Chapter 45 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tava of the Vendel Republic Date Standardized Human Time, October 9th, 2136 This should have been a jubilant moment. The UN Liberation Fleet established contact with the Vendel military and requested permission to dock on our homeworld. A victory against the Axol was something I never fathomed. The humans had accomplished the impossible. But I didn't understand why the Secretary General had traveled all the way from Earth to meet with me. His stated purpose was to discuss something urgent with me before those ships landed. The way the human diplomats were tight-lipped, I implored me to remain calm and still some apprehension. My advisors were aware of the Krakotl invasion. We offered to take in as many Terran refugees as needed. About 50,000 predators had arrived on the first flight and were settled into temporary housing. We didn't have the resources to take care of them long-term. All satisfied their, uh, preferences. But leaving our friends to die wasn't an option. So we'd figure it out together. There was no need to persuade us to help, and the manoeuver all could be handled by standards. As for the diplomatic fiasco, the humans sent representatives to every allied species yesterday. They would point the finger at the Colchian Commonwealth and pray their innocence was believed. With such immediate casualties, all bets were off. I'd expect the Thavki to be most suspect of the predators given that they're almost extinct. The there with their expansive resources, are the ones we truly must convince at all costs. There wasn't much to do besides await each race's reaction. I told the humans, in no uncertain terms, that I wouldn't expect any government's assistance. What else could the UN figurehead wish to discuss in person? At such a crucial time, in his planet's survival, if Mayer was leaving Earth, shouldn't his priority be appealing to the Chalced Bolotosa for aid? Noah, do you know what this is about? I asked. The Terran ambassador frowned. I think it's better to wait for Maya, Tarver. I don't imagine you're going to like this. Please, just promise me you'll try and understand. For me. The ominous reply didn't provide any reinsurance. That was how humans spoke when they were worried something predatory would frighten us or shake our trust. I didn't like seeing my beloved friend pleading with me, like I was bound to turn against him. Don't be like that, I grumbled. What, are you finally going to tell me that you hunt through your endurance? Noah gaped at me, eyes bulging. Who told you? I figured it out, watching your exercise back in Alpha. It occurred to me how that tirelessness might help chase down prey. You don't have much else going for you. Gee, thanks. You don't seem very concerned, though. Why should I be? Your people would never hunt mine, either way. I am humanity's friend. I am not here to judge your ancestors. The ambassador patted my shoulder with affection. I didn't appreciate that there was a secrecy around the hunting method, but trust was a slow process. Fortunately, my deduction skills were sufficient. You are the only friend that we've had out here. Thank you, Noah whispered. I flicked my ears in acknowledgement. Not to inflate my own ego, but I'm pretty alright. So you see, Secretary General Mayer doesn't need to waste time talking me off the ledge. That's uh, not what I'm talking you down about. A gravelly voice interrupted. Noah and I both startled. Neither of us noticed the Secretary General enter the cabinet's reception hall, and I had no idea how long Mayer had been eavesdropping, but it was enough to catch the subject matter. I was glad I didn't make any suggestive quips about their endurance. The UN leader looked like he hadn't slept in days as he tossed a hard copy photograph on my desk. The poor guy collapsed into the nearest chair and poured at his bleary eyes. I wanted to order him to get some rest, but Earth was in danger. I doubted he would comply. My gaze landed on the image, which showed a uniformed human sitting across from an oxal. It was as taken from one of their ships. The grey had shackled it around his legs, so at least it was restrained from rampaging through the crew quarters. How the Terrans got it there in one piece was another question. We captured several oxal from a cattle ship. Secretary General Mayer stifled the yawn and blinked in quick succession. Quite a few of our major players had, well, concerns about sharing the next part with you. Given that you're the only reason humanity is still alive, I felt that you had the right to know. t t no, 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 no what I asked hesitantly. Maya raised his hand in a placating gesture. Please don't take offense. I'm just repeating the story Multiple Greys told us. They claimed the Federation infected thousands of with microbes that made them allergic to meat, then killed their livestock to force them into herbivory. I narrowed my eyes, processing what the humans relayed. How Terran friends proved to be being predators alone didn't explain the oxal's cruelty. Either sadism was a trait unique to their species, or a reaction to a particular event. On that note, the Federation had no issue sacrificing lives or bending morals in that short time that I knew the primates. I've watched them beat and starve a human, blow up spaceships to eliminate any offer of friendship, plan multiple raids to wipe out all life on Earth. Honestly, I wouldn't put that antagonism past the Federation, but if it is true, I know nothing about it, I replied. Regardless, why would the Arxor choose to farm sapient beings rather than eat plants? Noah pursed his lips, suppressing a sigh. They're obligate carnivores, Tava. They can't survive without meat. I tilted my head in confusion. I'm s- sorry? I don't understand. W- why not? Obligate carnivores can't digest plants like you or me. They don't have the right gut bacteria, and they can't synthesize vitamins from plant forms. There are certain nutrients, like taurine, that exist almost exclusively in meat. Maya chimed in. Correct me if I'm wrong, Noah, but I think such carnivores have high protein requirements as well. The astronaut nodded. Exactly. The glucose in their blood, you know, energy, comes from proteins rather than carbohydrates. In the absence of protein, their bodies start eating their own muscles and organs. I shuddered at that notion. Having your innards digested by your own cells was a literal definition of starvation. Human scientists needed to spread these facts around. It would make predation more sympathetic. Fresh eating made sense if biology left no alternative. Noah couldn't eat any meat while he was in the Federation summit. No wonder he was irritable. I had no idea that he was in such agony. Burgeoning concerns flooded my mind, and I stared at the ambassador in horror. We were informed from the onset that humans had higher protein requirements. Had the vegetarians, visitors, been suffering or starving to pacify us, I hoped none of them would have long-term repercussions. That was never my intervention. Noah's brown eyes softened. What's wrong, Governor? W- was that too graphic? Phew. Have been starving from eating plants, I squeaked. May breathed a frustrated sigh. Humans are omnivores, Taba. as we have told you many times. The nutrients in vegetables are quite accessible to us. That said, without animal products, we usually develop serious mineral deficiencies, Noah interjected, sensing my next question. Vegetarians need supplements to fortify foods, B12, iron, protein, and so on. This has been explained to your medical community. At least, the Terrans could survive on vegetation, with a little help. The Arxor couldn't derive any nutritional value from plants, even if they wanted to. I didn't know why zero scientists, here or in the Federation, had figured that out. So, it's not about bloodlust at all. I get the point, I think, I sighed. But what do you want to do about the Grey's story? Maya Grimmins, Governor! I'll give it to you straight. The Arxor offered us an alliance, and the Federation has forced us to hear them out. We need all the help we can get, especially from such a powerful player. I stared at the floor and avoided Ambassador Noah's pitying gaze. This was the scenario every Venlo dreaded. From the moment humans declared their peaceful intent, everyone feared that they would buddy with the Arxor with the first opportunity. We hoped that these predators wouldn't be like the ones who saw us as tasty playthings. But the truth was, Terrans were nothing like the monsters we imagined. They sided with the Federation and mustered a genuine attempt at peace. General Jones told me a long time ago that humanity would do anything to protect Earth. I couldn't blame them for making that decision, forsaking our predicament for theirs. I blinked away tears. Do what you have to do. I... Uh, I understand why you are leaving us. Their friendship is... M- more I- impactful. Leaving? I echoed. Wait. Do you think that we're just going to let them eat you? Noah stepped towards me, shaking his head for emphasis. We'd never abandon you. Never. Understand? The Terran ambassador enveloped me in a warm hug, without waiting for a response. I sank into his suffocating grasp. Losing the humans would be a devastating emotional blow, especially this particular human. I didn't think I could bear it. The selfish part of me wanted them to stand against the Axel, whatever the cost. The Secretary General cleared his throat pointedly. We consider you the same as our own people. Any deal with us mandates the release of all captive Vendor and an armistice between your governments, and that is non-negotiable. What? You want us to ally with Or bargain with the Greys? I hissed. Something like that. Elias, I... Killed my own child because of the the bombing excursions. I, I remember how it felt to, to, to hold her in my arms as I told the doctors to disconnect life support. Forgive me if I, I'm not thrilled about the idea. The humans were considering a deal out of necessity, but the circumstances were different for our predator friends. Terence hadn't been slaughtered en masse for centuries. That wasn't something you just forgot. Whatever the Federation had done, it didn't change the unspeakable atrocities committed against the Vendal kind. You can't reason with creatures who bomb schools and laugh at brutalized pubs. I don't want to talk to the Grace. I recognized that the personal experience was clouding my judgment, but I didn't want to brush it aside. The arcsaw ripped apart my life. Even my mate and I separated because he reminded me too much of my old daughter the pain was still a constant ache in my heart. Suffice to say, I despised the Arxaw with the utmost venom. I am sorry for your loss, Tava. I know how hollow those words must sound. The wrinkle on Maya's face were taut with sympathy. But please, let me correct that statement. You did not kill her. You chose not to prolong her suffering. Because you're a selfless, kind person. My tail drooped with grief. <laughs> Thank you. It is that what you really think. I do. That's why I think you'll help us broker the deal. So nobody else on your world will have to endure that beating ever again. And so we might not have to bury our loved ones seven days from now. The UN leader was a gifted speaker. I'd give him that. Was any price too high to bring peace to my planet, even a brief reprieve would be merciful. If it halted the torment of millions... All the Venlo really wanted was for the senseless war to stop. Noah, can we not? How can you trust them? I asked, after a long silence. I don't, but there's no good alternatives. The ambassador crossed his sinewy arms. I'm disgusted by those fascist child eaters. But the Federation is an imminent threat to Earth. Maya frowned. We're ideologically incompatible with the Ox or long term. An alliance would be temporary to buy time. Perhaps we can steer them down less reprehensible paths. I suppose the reptiles would be less of a menace under Terran control, pointed at our enemies. Still, how could we justify this to the non-hostile Federation majority? The largest voting bloc were the 107 that sought an anti or alliance with humanity. Those species would see a predator partnership as violating the crux of their position. Are you guys trying to ensure I lose next year's election? I grumbled. I'll stand with you, but this won't look good. You might as well go on galactic television and pledge to eat the Zerulian infant a day. Noah flashed his teeth. Well, the birds already think that's our morning breakfast. We're past worrying about the appearances. Very well. Though, I hope you have a better plan than flying to a cattle world and offering me as a sacrifice. Maya smirked. Actually... An Arxor captain gave us the location of one of their spy outposts. I'm going to fly within gum's range and strike up a nice conversation. can to join me, Taba. The thought of seeking a carnival safe haven made my heart stop in my chest. There was nothing I could care for less than to be surrounded by abominations. The mental image of hungry eyes darting over my vital areas made me want to curl into a ball. What Vendel could ever want to talk with those foul beasts?" Hello, wine rattled out for my vocal cords. Hi, I can't think of a, a, a worse idea, but I am right behind you. Let, let's get going. End of chapter. I would quickly like to thank the T5 channel members and Patreons. Caspar Arnholtz, Cam Maxwell, Barky, Lord Azrakal. It's difficult to pronounce Dragzoon WRE. Holly's sister, Arcadian. Thank you very much.